Well, Big D back with another PGA Championship preview. Before I bring in the night's guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. Gotta have more than one guest when it's a major week. Also, check out the Big D podcast for audio, audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So, uh, joining us, maybe uh, the second thing that it's compares to the weather is how this guy has performed in majors. Uh, Matt Matt Venenzi. Saw him. The Italian names always get me, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, The the major record is great, and also my record coming on the show is great. Uh, Been on twice. First time was the Open when uh, hit Cam Smith. Second time was the Masters when both of us had John Rahm. So let's hope to do it a third time. Yeah, third time, third time lucky, right? Yep. Or maybe continuing to be lucky. Yeah, I mean, you can't get any better than two and zero, right? Yeah. So uh, obviously, uh, it's Tuesday night, so uh, tournament starts in roughly thirty six hours or so. So, um, when you think of Oak Hill Country Club, uh, what do you think this week? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of old school golf. Oh, yeah. I, I think a typical Northeast setup. And I get really excited about these events because I'm in the Northeast. So these courses kind of a familiar um, setup to to what you know I'm used to seeing and some of the events that I really love and that I've, that I've attended and, and all that stuff. So I, I, lo- I look at Bethpage Black. I look at uh, a little bit of Shinnecock with different type of layout, but just the same type of maybe agronomy. I look at um, Wingfoot, I think, is a lot of people have been saying this week. So I think some guys who play well in the Northeast should have a uh, a good time on a familiar t- type layout. A little little Brookline in there, maybe it was a little. Yeah, bit- I think Brookline definitely was looking at that for sure. Uh, how much do you look at Donald Ross course? Because obviously Pinehurst, uh, East Lake, which holds the Tour Championship, but uh, how much do you look at Donald Ross courses? Yeah, I, I like I like Donald Ross comps on this, and you know another good one is. Uh, Plainfield Country Club in New Jersey. That's a another East Coast um, Donald Ross course that a couple of guys that I like this week have won on, um, including Bryson. Bryson's won at, at at Plainfield. I don't know if he's ready this week, but I w- it wouldn't shock me if he played well. I mean, he won. He won the last. He won Wingfoot twenty twenty. Where he basically didn't care where the ball ended up. And a lot of people are saying it could almost be like that this week. We'll see. I mean, the rough's going to be heavy, but I think if you hit it long enough, I mean, distance is definitely going to be a, a huge benefit. You th- because when when I thought of Oak Hill, Oak Hill, I was thinking more accuracy over distance, but now it might be the other way around. Yeah, with all the renovations. I mean, I, a couple of people that I've talked to and that I've seen have said that if you know anything about the course and from 2013 when they played the uh, PGA Championship that Jason Duffner won. Just forget everything you knew about it because that's out the window with all the um, design changes, how many trees they took out, um, added a bunch of bunkers, lengthened it a bit. So it seems like it's going to be a real brute now, whereas the first time was kind of like a plotter's track. How much do you think uh, Oak Hill being played in the month of May? Because as you know, being in the Northeast, the weather can change in an instant because I look at the weather this weekend in Rochester, it's not going to be summery there. It's going to be more like late winter, early spring with some rain, cool temperatures, it's, and good old wind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think 
one thing you could look at with that is the mornings get really cold. Like I'm thinking Thursday morning, you're going to be about 45 degrees. Um, and a lot of times at, at these majors and, and bigger events, you'll see guys who go off early in the morning, really get to go low and kind of, you know, play the chaser. Whereas this week, I think the afternoon is going to be even easier than the morning. So I think if you get out to a good start over the first two days and then you have a later tee time on Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be even harder to catch those guys who separate themselves. Why would, why would it be easier in the afternoon, even if the wind kicks up, because the temperature is going to warm up and maybe maybe the ball goes a little longer? Yeah, it goes longer and it's just easier. No one wants to play in 45 degrees. And I don't think the wind as of now is looking that bad. I think we're looking at a little wetness on Saturday, but the wind like doesn't, I don't think it's going to be a huge factor. I think the guys would rather play when it's, you know, mid 60s than mid 40s. And it, it, if you look at the Northeast, it's the way when you wake up in the morning, you, you have to dress like it's winter, and then by the afternoon, you have to dress like it's the middle of the summer. It's just the way it is around here. So, um, coming into this week, who, who are some of the hot golfers coming into the PGA Championship, or who are some of your not golfers coming into the, the major? So this is a, a big point of contention for me. I wrote my preview today, and there, or I posted my preview today, and there was a lot of live guys in there, and people make it seem like it's a I'm choosing a side live over PJ. But the problem for me is the schedule leading up to the PJ championship is favorable to a lot of live players because they've played three out of the last five weeks. Um, and a lot of them played well at the masters, whereas the PGA tour, some of these guys have played only once in the last four weeks, twice in the last five weeks. Um, and a lot of them haven't played as much. So I think leading to the masters, I favored the PGA tour guys because the schedule was optimal, whereas the live guys hadn't really ramped up their season yet, not to mention some of the bigger players like Cam Smith and DJ openly were talking about how they didn't practice much in the offseason and they started their process a little bit late, so they didn't, they didn't have the reps under their belt. Um, I think now those guys are starting to get in the swing of things a bit more and um, playing more consistently, so I do think the schedule leading up to the event favors some live players. Plus, plus... I think we're I think we're seeing some of those live golfers healthy because Cam Smith did not look like himself, but now he actually looked more like himself in Tulsa. And yeah. Dustin Johnson won in that pre, in that crazy playoff in Tulsa last week. Yeah, absolutely, and like, and just the fact that it's the Northeast and a lot of these live guys, like even if they're on the still in the PJ Tour, I'm not trying to make a live statement. I'm just saying. If Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson were on the PGA Tour still, I'd be betting them at this course. Because look at their results at Bethpage. Look at their results at Shinnecock. Look at their results uh, at Wingedfoot. Um, DJ has won uh, at Liberty National, a lot of these courses uh, in the in the Northeast. He's won at um, the, the Boston event, the International, um, in uh, the Live event last year. So, so some of these guys, I mean, these players play the best in the Northeast. At a Northeast major... That's these are the guys I want to bet, Brooks and DJ. You have now usually I'm the one asking you questions, but now you've got a good interesting question for me. Yeah, that's right. Um so I was gonna I was gonna ask you what current course does the, does the PGA tour play on that you think would would be a uh, a good major host? I've got a couple on mine. Okay. Albertown. Town, which hosts the Heritage. I mean, it may be a little short by Major Sanders, but we all know Hill and Head's a great stop. Everybody plays it. 
Like you said, it's a great peat. It's a great peat diet setup, and you you can get all kinds of weather changes with the wind coming off the ocean. Plus, I mean, Kiowa's done a great job hosting a couple of PGA. So why not give the good people of South Carolina another major? But how in the heck has the T has TPC Sawgrass not hosted a major? You're kidding, right? I think it's because the PGA Tour that's their big event, and they're not gonna and they they're not gonna give it up to you know, the USGA or the, um, uh, or any of these other, you know, people who want to host the tournament, I think they want that to be their flagship event. So they want, you know, to profit from it because they think it's, the, you know, one of the best courses and they want to use it for, you know, for themselves. But I'm just thinking, why can't, I'm just thinking Pebble Beach can host the 18 team prime and the U.S. Open the same year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, although, did did they play the Pebble Beach that year? They played the U.S. Open because I know they skipped. Yes. They did yes. okay, because um, because I know they they skipped Quail. Remember when they were, when they played the major there? They skipped it, and when they played the Presidents Cup, they skipped it. So I wonder why they kept um kept Pebble on the schedule. But I like your your uh, Harbor Town um, example, and you know if Pebble Beach is a short course that can sometimes be a birdie fest when you play it in, at a certain time, but it we it showed that when you change it into give it some more major conditions and make the course a little different course setup a little different you can make it you know into a, a decent major i mean marion i mean justin rose won in like a couple of a poll at marion yeah that's right yeah not the longest course right and plus a may and plus a may pga player pga championship at Sawgrass would be different than a march Players championship because we remember what player championship was in May. Yeah, that's very true. Yep, yep. Do you have a couple courses? Um, I liked Riviera for a major. I thought that would be good. I'm I'm not a fan of Tory Pines, and I'm not a I'm not a fan of Quail Hollow either. And Ooh. that's gonna that's gonna be the PGA in two years. I don't. I, I know it's probably a, a unique take, but I'm not a huge fan of it. It doesn't it's just strategically, I don't think it's, it's as demanding in terms of like asking different types of things from, from your, from your game. And I think it, it's almost, it's just a little boring for me. Same thing with toy finds because we see some, we see a similar layout when the, uh, phone is displayed there. Yep. I, exactly. I feel about Tory pines, but I'm looking forward to the venues next year. I think they're going to be awesome. I love, uh, Valhalla, which we saw Rory win his, his last major in the dark. We get that next year at the PGA, and then we're going to get Oakmont, where DJ won his first uh, U.S. Open in 2016. So those are two of my favorite venues. Yeah. So speaking of majors, we know Jordan. We know Roy's to talk every time the P the uh, Masters goes to Augusta, but Jordan Spieth is now the talk because this is his chance to win the Grand Slam, but he's got a wrist injury, so. Do you think Jordan? Do you, I mean I've seen Jordan Spieth's odds drop to uh what is it forty five to one? Mm -hmm. Uh, a. Do you think a are you? Am I crazy to think that a Jordan Spieth can play well this week and b that wrist is going and b will that wrist injury affect him? Because I don't think this is a Jordan Spieth course. Not that not the greatest history. In the with these tough horse plus, I think the two horse Jordan Speed can do well this year on the Masters, which he did well, and uh, Hoyland. I agree, I agree completely. Now, I do think 
Um, I agree. It's it's the pressure of winning a career Grand Slam is high enough. Now, if you're going to add that to the fact that it's not a course that should fit him very well, and then add the fact that now he's dealing with a wrist injury, he's only able to play one hole today. In his, um, he had a nine-hole practice round scheduled with the Rom. He he played one hole and bailed. So the wrist does not seem very good. And even if it was, I would be a little skeptical about him. But if it was good and he played last week in Texas like he was supposed to, he probably is 22 to 1 this week and not 45 to 1. So do I think he's going to win? No. Do I think it's a good course fit? No. But do I think you're crazy if you wanted to bet a 45, 50 to 1? No. I don't think I'd use I don't think I'd use him in the million maker, but he might be a great bet. I mean, I'm trying to think uh JT came to the 2019 master with a similar injury. And he hit a hole and made a hole in one in 16. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think actually you would be a good millie maker because you got to find ways to differentiate yourselves in those contests because there's just so many people and he's going to be coming at probably four or five percent owned. Oh, speaking of the millie maker, three million dollar DK millie with a million atop. By the way, the tournament structure this week sucks. I must I think I admit I must admit it is one of the worst tournament structures I've ever seen. I don't think I would play the Millie Maker if I could. I don't I don't play the Millie Maker. Um it's almost like uh the version like uh the D the DFS version of like a sucker bet or like a 20 team parlay that it, it just it's it's if you like playing big lotto tickets and you want to throw a lotto ticket in, sure. But for me, I like to play the the uh higher higher dollar single entries. I just think it's a better strategy. Yeah, because because you imagine somebody put in thirty-seven fifty. Oh wait, let me see. I can I can look up these lines. Ah shoot! Now now I've got it. It's thirty-seven fifty if you want a max enter, twenty-five bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, what what place would you need to get to a match? You let me see. I'm looking it up now. It is. You would need a. 15th place finish, at least get back to money. You imagine putting together a nuts lineup and finishing 16th and not even and not even getting back all your money. And how many people are in it? 300,000? More than more than I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh it's not a very good, I mean, it's not a good payout structure. It's that it's the temptation of trying to win a million bucks. Uh, the Masters Millie Maker was better with six million, but a million that million on top it was way better, way more even structured. This is so funky. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to. Yeah, I mean, and and second place one hundred and fifty k, third place is seventy k. Yeah, this is what I do. I I like to play like eight lineups. I put them all on um, you know, the one hundred single, two hundred single. Um, play eight good single entry lineups, and then I'll toss each one in the five dollar, hundred k to first, just in case it really does hit the nuts, and I don't have to invest as much money in it. That seems more like a realist. That seems more like a better idea because, yeah, you might, you might. I mean, if one of your lineups shifts, you still win ten, twenty, fifty, a hundred Gs. Right, and if you and if you they all bust, then you only lose forty bucks in that five dollar one. So whatever. So speaking of DK, uh, who do you think will – usually I I like to ask about Chalk first, but who do you think will be some good GPP plays, maybe some good Millie-making plays? So the guys I like the most, I mean, and it's going to be – it's going to sound a little bit redundant because they're they're my betting picks, my two two picks to win, but 
Brooks, who's coming in at about 10 to 12% owned. Uh, and I think he's a great chance to win the tournament. I know, and I, you, you might too. And then DJ who's also cheaper. He's 8,800 and he's coming in at 10 to 12% owned. So I think if you start Brooks DJ, you have a lot of win equity and then you have room in both salary and leverage to do whatever you want with the rest of your lineup. How the heck are those guys not on, not higher on right now? That is befuddling. Because people don't want to believe that the live guys are really there. A lot of, I think this, the narrative is kind of twisted where, oh yeah, like Brooks, can come out and Phil can go to the Masters and they're going to play well, but that that doesn't translate to playing a a PGA Championship. Did they just not? Did they did not see Brooks Koepka finish second at Augusta? They went like this, la 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 la. la. That's what they like to do when uh, these live guys play well. I'm I'm saying uh, DJ won last week, right? Might he have did. Also, whatever it was, but he won. Right, he was playing so. People were saying you couldn't play him before because he was playing poorly in live events. If you're going to say that, if the live events matters, then you have to at least give him some credit when he wins the event. Uh, I've got one. I've got one for you. How about Cam Smith? Because he's finally he's finally looking healthy. Made the playoff last week, and I think Cam Smith, Smith, while length is not necessarily a forte of his, he can he can definitely hit those wedges, get up and down, and. Both of us know what that putter can do. Oh yeah, he's he's the best putter in the world. Um, I I I will never put anything past him because he's such a great golfer and he's he's incredible. With that being said, this is not my favorite course for Cam Smith. Um, long northeast, really penal rough, and he does have the tendency to spray it even when he's playing well. Look at a place like St Andrews; you can get away with spraying it a little bit there. And the fairways are wide. Same thing for Augusta, where he plays well; you can get away with spraying a little bit. U.S. Open and the way they set up PGA Championships now, it's not a situation where you can get away with an Aaron T shot. So that's why I worry a bit about him. Who do you think will be the chalkiest guy this week? Because uh, I've got to think Scotty Chef is going to be like, if not number one, like number two or three, because it seems like everybody, I mean, he's betting favorite plus seven, 700, second most expensive guy. Like Scotty Chef is going to be the chalkiest guy, right? No, I don't think he is. And I think a lot of that is due to price. He's 11-2, and then you get Rom right next to him. So I think he's stealing some ownership. Um, Rom is definitely stealing some ownership from Scotty. Uh, and I think some other of these guys who are who are priced a little softer and people like just as much. I don't know if you've seen it this week, but in my opinion, the most popular guy is going to be Xander. Um, he's more affordable, and everybody loves him this week. I got him number one, Cantley number two, Finau number three in terms of ownership. Let's see. Tony Finau, always chalky in majors. Xander, always chalky in majors. And Patrick Cantley, always chalky in majors. Shocker. Yeah, and everyone thinks... I, I think Xander's the most popular bet so far this week. Actually, I saw a tweet earlier, and I look at the... um They, they track who has the most tips online of, of betting picks, and right now it's number one, Xander, number... Oh, so number one, Finau, number two, Xander, number three, Cantley. <laughs> so those are the three most popular bets of the week. Who's playing with Sam? <laughs> Have they realized that none of those guys has won a major? No, you know the thing is, everyone wants to be on the first one. They must think they must think it's like Xander and Harden Park and Harden Park, right? Yeah, and you know what? I like um, I like Cantlay to win the U.S. Open. I think that's what I'm starting to lean. I like him at LACC. I I, I hope he dodge him here. I do think he's going to win a major at some point. I think he's too good not to have one. But it wouldn't shock me if Xander did not win a major anytime soon. But Cantlay, I do think will. 
Why did why can't they win in a major and not Xander? Because I think Xander is a higher floor and he's a safer guy and he's he's more likely to finish in the top five and the top ten. But I think Cantley, because of how hot that putter gets, he's more likely to kind of storm the field and, and actually win one. I mean, Xander, Xander's been there in big events. He's won some WGCs, won the Olympic gold medal. I mean, Cantley, yeah, he won the Memorial. Yeah, he won the FedEx Cup a couple of years ago. But part of that was John Rahm test positive for COVID. Yeah, that was at BMW, but that was a birdie fest against Bryson. Uh, and that course was really, yeah, it was a really not a great setup. At, uh, yeah. It was in Olympia Fields where DJ and Bro- when DJ and uh, Rom went out in 2020. I was on Rom for that one, and I couldn't believe it. I thought it was over because DJ makes that 30-footer, and then Rom puts a 66-footer right on top of him. Oh, that was the, one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> and wasn't that after Rom called a penalty on himself in the third round? Yeah, he, he put a uh, coin down, and he forgot where he put it. He picked it up before he marked the ball, <laughs> before he put the ball down. I'll just give you an extra shot and won't need it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. He, I bet him that week he was like, uh, I think, 12 to 1. He was one of the favorites. And then he started off, he was plus 2 after the first round. And I re-bet it again at 66 to 1. Dang! How much, how much did you win from that double bet? I think it was like 20 grand or something. What? Yeah, yeah. Because you need, I just, have, you need to have a wrong picture up there twice. I know. I got to get the Masters one. I can't wait to get the Masters one. I'm still deciding on the right one. Okay. Uh, before we talk bets, Matt, I, you know I am a trivia savant, and uh, I've I've routinely asked my guests for some difficult trivia questions. So, uh, Matt, what do you have for me? Uh, okay. Actually, I forgot to get one, but I have one. I have one on top of my head. Um, so there have been two players, um, let's say in the last 20 years, to win um, a major in back-to-back events. So two majors in a row um, in consecutive events, not two of their starts, two, two majors in consecutive events. Who were they and what tournaments were they? Uh, Tiger, Tiger, the Open and the P, Open and PGA at, in 2006. Yep, that's right. And Brooks would, and Brooks would have won the 2018, wait, excuse, 20, wait, 20, yeah, 28, wait a minute. Oh, crap. It wasn't Brooks, but that's what was my first thought. No, too. it wasn't. No, it couldn't have been Brooks because the 18 PGA was in August. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Patrick Harrington? Oh, I think Patrick Harrington won like the 08 Open and PGA. That's not the one I had, no. This is it's 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 easier if you think about it. It's more recent. Hmm. Wait. Now you've got me thinking. Oh, Jordan. Oh, crap. Jordan Spieth, Masters in U.S. Open. An idiot. Yeah, there it is. Um, and the reason I looked into that was because I was like, is Ron really going to win another one? And I was like, that's just so hard to do and so rare. That's why I think he's not going to do it because it seems almost impossible. And the two guys that I came up with were Tiger and Spieth who have done it. <laughs> and I thought Brooks was on the list too. I had the exact same initial thought as you did. 
though, because 2018 was the last year the PJ was in August. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's right. But you got that one. I'm, I'm gonna give you, give you that. You you had it pretty much. All right, Matt. Uh, you. Yeah. How about bet? So uh, if you look at the top, uh, Scheffler is plus seven hundred. Rams plus seven fifty. I saw Roy was like plus sixteen. He just jumped to fourteen. Would you touch any of those guys? Because I don't think I would touch Ron. Roy could draw me. Roy couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat. I mean, maybe Scheffler, <laughs> but I actually think Scheffler might be better at the U.S. Open. Yeah, I do. I think Scheffler's the best chance of the three, but I wouldn't bet any of them. No, I'm not I'm out on them. Uh, in that next group, I mean, Xander, Cantley, Finau. Day, I mean, would you bet any of those guys? Because it seems like they're all popular, whether bets or DFS. Those were the very pop most popular ones. Those three, I'm not interested in those three at that number. Um, I just don't think there it's a good number for any of them. I did, I did bet day almost like I know Tom had him a hundred to one ticket. I had a fifty to one from about two or three months ago, which two weeks ago I thought was dead, and because uh, he started to play really poorly on that Sunday at the Masters, he had. I kept getting double bogey notifications on my phone because I had him start on the Masters app, and I thought it was a repeat. I thought they kept sending me the same one, but he was just double bogey in every single hole. Um, and then he was bad at uh, at Wells, I think. So I thought that was in trouble, but now I feel okay about the fifty. Uh, but none of those guys. No, I'm I'm going to be in the in that next tier. Uh, you mean you mean the? Um, I will say this. I like I like Brooks Kepka and DJ too. I mean, uh, I didn't I never thought DJ would. Be, I saw DJ in like in the thirty three the one the other day. I think he's what thirty the one now. And Brooks, if you got Brooks fifty sixty whatever number you could get, good luck. I, I like that ticket this week. Yeah, that I mean they really weren't floating those out there too much. I think they were a little scared of of Brooks. Um, winning. So I, I got him at 22 to one. Um, and I think a lot of people think that's short and maybe that's why he's not as popular this week, but I think he should be the fourth favorite. Um, after those big three, I don't see why anyone else is ahead of him. Do you want, uh, you want me to give you the full case here? Go ahead. Okay. Tied second at the masters. So that shows that he's kind of back in form and really competing for majors. Uh, he, I watched, uh, son of a butch Claude Harmon's, um, who's Brooke, ever seen Brooks work this hard and but that's partly because he need, needed to work really hard because he was out of form but now that he's back in it I think you know the proofs in the pudding and what he's been doing uh since 2015 he's been the best PGA championship player in the world not even close past eight editions of the tournament he's finished outside of the top th 13 only twice um in over that span he has two wins and three additional top fives so five out of those eight are in the top five two of them are wins um so uh, I think he's healthy now. And he even said last week before Tulsa that he was using Tulsa as a tune-up for the PGA Championship. And I'm sure Liv wasn't happy that he said that. Uh, but he, he, he's basically saying that all he cares about, once again, is majors. And he had, a, he had a great couple of quotes here. I'm going to read them to you. He said, yeah, this week I'm just trying to make sure I tune everything up and get ready for next week. I like the majors. I like the discipline, the mental grind that comes with it, the focus and just using this week to get ready. That's a huge thing. I've always done it. It's not always about results the week before, but it's about making sure that everything is starting to line up and I can see the progress where we're going next week. So he's ready. He has the mindset once again. And now let's talk about the Northeast finishes, right? He's won the 2018 U.S. Open at Shinnecock, long, grueling par 70. Um, 
He won at Bethpage Black, par 70, long, grueling, New York, par 70. He's going to see another one here at Oak Hill. This is the perfect course for him. Third one to make a trophy. Here it comes. Enough said. That's good, right? Yeah, I do like Brooks. I do like DJ uh, Fitz and Cam Young. I think both of them are 35 and now at 30. Uh, Fitz won a U.S. Open at uh, the Country Club last year. I know there was a course history involved, but I think Fitz I think Fitz played well at Heritage. So, you know, coming in good form. Plus, if he... I don't feel like he's at a disadvantage ball striking wise anymore. And Cam Young, you know that new, you know that New York familiarity with the course. Plus, I think Cam Cam might be more aerodynamic this weekend without the beard. Yeah, I I, I was really high on him leading into, it, but he he hasn't played well in his last couple of starts, which really kind of soured me to him. Um, I still like the fact that, like you said, he has those New York ties. I think he's gonna be really comfortable on the course. He can hit it a mile. He has good history in major championships. All those things seem really good. Um, I'm not in love with the number, and I'm not in love with the recent form. I, I saw him at 35. I think that, yeah, 35. It's okay, yeah. I'll tell you who looked really good in his number was Ricky Fowler. I saw him at 80 to 1 on Sunday, and I'm like, dang, I wish I could have bet that. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm, um, He's playing well. He's playing consistent. Here's the thing. He... I mean, he has, I feel like he has five or six top tens on the season, but he's never really contended yet. And I, I feel like he has to taste that contention before he actually wins one. Like I, the last time he's actually been in the heat of battle was 2019 at waste management. And uh, my Patriots won the Super Bowl that night. I had a Ricky Fowler ticket 28 to one. And then we had uh, the Patriots um, win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Both in the same day. Of course, you would have a golf and a Super Bowl parlay with your team on the same day. Yeah, it was it was probably one of the best days of my life. Another great one. I mean, I just talked about two. I have two children, but I said the two best days of my life was a Rom BMW win and a Ricky Fowler, Ricky Fowler TPC uh, Scottsdale. So there you go. I mean, I I think Ricky may be a better top ten bet because I mean he's always there. I mean, is he going to be at a disadvantage power wise? Maybe, but if this course is long, groom. I mean, plus, if, if there is some weather involved, Ricky may be the best mud ball player on tour. He's up there. Yeah, his ball striking is fantastic. Um, and I I thought a couple other guys, and again, live guys. I know uh, people might not love it, but. I thought the Patrick Reed number at 100 to one now on, on DraftKings is is pretty crazy considering he just finished fourth of the Masters and he's another guy who's won at Liberty National and he's won at Beth Page Black, um, and he's in good form. So I don't see why he's 100 to one. He's a guy who can you know play spoiler. And then I thought Joaquin Neiman at 90 to one was a crazy number considering his talent and how long he hits it off the tee. I've seen Gary Woodland. I've seen Gary Woodland's name as a dark horse. I think he's 100 to one. He's popular. I I get a little wary about those uh, really, really popular long shots. <laughs> those guys might be stay away from on DK wise and oh. really make it because guess what? They lead you down a dark road. Woodland's my number one stay away on in the Millie Maker. <laughs> I see why. I see why because everybody's going to play. They're like, oh, I see this guy. He's got good results. I'll play him. Yep, exactly. Why could play? Why could play? Uh, I don't even know what Woodland's price is. He's like seventy-one or seventy-two. He's cheap. That's another reason why he's so popular. 
might play Seamus Powell, one of these guys. I'll just play three. Yeah. I, I like power. Okay, Matt, you you all literally one of the hottest golf bettors I know. You've got three of the last four major wins. Who is going to lift the one and make it on Sunday? Brooks Kepka. Times three. Times yep, number three, third one and make it for Brooks. Uh, third New York major championship for Brooks. Of course, third times a charm for everything, right? Yeah, hey, that's the theme of the show. Third for our show together, third for my picks on the show, third wanna maker for Brooks, and the third New York major for Brooks. Here we go. And and just to make it and just to make it even sweeter, it'll beat Roy McElroy too. Oh man, that would be fantastic. If I don't know if Roy can get there in the last day with Brooks and that, but if he did, that would be a showdown for the ages. I'll pay I'll pay the watch it. They could they could put it in snow. They've done it before. Was it St. Jude where they were in the final group together? It might have been at uh yeah, at the FedEx St. Jude, I think. You imagine if Brooks and Roy are in the final group together and Roy Oh man. They wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't say two words to one another. You'd find out who the real alpha was that day, and it's not Rory. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, that, that would not be that would not be I'm not sure what would happen if those two played the final pairing. I mean, I think Shefflin well, obviously we'll find out we'll find out because Shefflin and Brooks are playing together, right? Yeah. I I'd like to see DJ Rory too. I know they're still probably friendly, but I think just the contrast of styles and the way they and that's always fascinating to me too, those two guys. I mean, Roy's got a Northeast history, albeit Yeah, he's got an everything history, right? He's great everywhere. <laughs> and he's a he's a member at the course, so who knows? Except this year. Except this year, yeah. I mean, uh something's going on, whether it's mental. I mean, I think a lot of it's mental, and I think a lot of it was he took on too much responsibility trying to be the PGA Tour spokesman against Liv and speak up for Jay Monahan and he tried taking on too many roles. And I think uh, it's for someone who's not the most mentally strong to begin with, I think that was kind of a bad mistake. All right, Matt. Thanks for hopping on. Uh, hopefully, uh, we uh, rock some more bets this weekend. Let's. I need to make room for my ROM picture, and then we'll make room for the Brooks picture too. <laughs>